Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. I am Dr. Danielle Point, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith, and we are here today with Josh Matthews. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. This is going to be exciting. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the Paradox podcast now. Yes, we're flipping, flipping the script right on to you, so we're excited to have you here as well. So thank you for being here, and also a big thank you to Take It Spigot, who is our sponsor, um, also the official NIAAA ticketing partner. So thank you to them. And Dustin, how are you doing this morning? And I'm outstanding. Um, like a scarecrow, outstanding <laughs> in my field. Um, oh, I'm no. <laughs> living the dream here in Greenwood, Arkansas. <laughs> to be here, excited to have Josh on. I'm, I'm, I'm both in awe um, and admire what Josh does. He, he's a fellow podcaster, so I'm kind of intimidated uh, trying to make sure that we uh, live up to the standard. Um, he, he's one of the, the, the co-hosts of Hanging with the AD, one of the uh, one of the first AD podcasts that were out there um, and inspired a lot of other people to do a podcast. So I've got admiration for him for that. But I'm also, uh, we, we share something in common. I'm not sure Josh knows this. We both played college baseball. Um, and I think Josh's tenure was longer than mine, even though he played it shorter. Um, my my career was shorter than what Josh's was when he played college baseball. Uh, I tore my shoulder up, but Josh played at shorter college. Um, and I, I, we share that in common. We share a podcast in common, but also we're athletic administrators together. Um, and we're both uh, big in our faith and that our faith is important to us. So Josh and I have a lot in common. I don't know that he considers that a compliment for him. Um, or if that's more of a um, insult that we share a lot in common. But I'm excited to have Josh Matthews on with us. So, Josh, as I start off with this, and let me let me say this too. Josh is also going to be an NIAAA board member. He's a, he's a, um, starts his tenure, I guess, in December. He gets to go on the the board and um, gets to be part of all that stuff. So. That, that's an incredible accomplishment. I'm excited for Josh for that and what our profession will be because of his leadership in that. But Josh, what I like to ask people as we start is tell us a little bit about what the resume doesn't tell us. I can list accolades. I can talk about your college days. I can talk about you being a coach. But tell us what makes Josh Matthews, Josh Matthews, aside from being an athletic administrator. Yeah, that's good. Um, appreciate the uh, intro there. Uh, college was fun. And I think it was fun because I got to play college baseball. Uh, it was also fun because uh, that's where I met my wife. She's uh, from the area there in Rome, Georgia. And we met, uh, I guess, my freshman year, her sophomore year. And she's old. I like to tell her she's old. Um, she's like nine months older than I am. So for nine months, uh, she's old. I just caught up with her about a week ago. So, uh, but no, she's a year older than me. And uh, her name's April. Um, so that, that'd be what the, the resume would say. Uh, she's kind of the, uh, you know, my life and she's, um, she knew it was about to be a coach's wife, uh, long before I was a coach. Uh, so it's shorter. I was on work study and I learned a lot. I tell people, I learned a lot about how to be an athletic administrator as a college baseball player or college athlete. Uh, you know, the smaller schools that have work study programs and I was on that, our, College AD was our head baseball coach, so uh, the college, the the baseball players there seemed to get a little bit different work study experience because they were helping them do stuff. So I was able to do shot clock, uh, learn how to mop basketball floors, wet mop bas basketball floors, 
uh, do a lot of stuff on the baseball field and so forth. Uh, we didn't have football at the time, so didn't get that experience. But uh, learned how to be an athletic administrator then. And, um, you know, it would be some days that you have a day off and you want to go hide because everybody, you know, the, the coaches knew my phone number, obviously, uh, no cell phones back then. But uh, so I'd go hide at her apartment or her, her dorm room. It, it's amazing how fast the coaches learned her phone number. So, hey, as Matthew's around, uh, you know, and, and, and to me, we look back and laugh on it. That's how it works now as an athletic administrator and an assistant principal, which I serve as here at Pope. You know, uh, that phone rings at one or two in, in the morning when the alarm goes off, right? So um, we, we learned that experience. And I, I believe, no offense to anybody else, but she's the best coach's wife out there. Uh, now it's AD wife, which is uh, you know, a lot of the same thing, just uh, year round. But uh, so, so that's probably what the resume doesn't tell you is I have the best coach's wife in, in, in the world. And uh, my faith is important to me. We are, uh, we are involved in our church here, which is locally. A lot of our kids are a, a lot of our population here at Pope. Uh, our community goes to our church, uh, which is right, right down the road. And uh, we're involved there and just um, hopefully my faith and, and my family impact how I lead every day. So that's, uh, that's what, that's, that's my hope. Uh, I, I don't know if that that's true or not, but hopefully it is. And, um, so, so that, that's probably what the resume wouldn't tell you yeah, Dustin, that, um, you know, I've got a great family. I've got a great, we live in a great area, some awesome friends that live here. And that's what I get to do off the outside when, when I'm not doing my hobby, which is Pope athletics. Uh, maybe hanging out with friends, watching some college football, playing some golf, or uh, maybe exercising a little bit. I'm not, uh, I'm not as rigorous as some, but uh, yeah, that's that's probably what my resume does not say. But I, I, I'd be remiss not to talk about my wife and my faith and uh, my involvement in the communities. So let me ask this: Shorter is in what town? Shorter College for me, uh, Shorter University. Now it uh, changed a few years ago. They went Division Two came shorter universities in Rome, Georgia, which is where my wife grew up. She grew up in a town called Armerchi, which is a suburb of Rome, if there's such thing. But uh, it's uh, it's about 10 minutes north of Rome there. It's all all one big um, town, really. So when you went to shorter, um, did, the accurate, or did the saying, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, did that apply in at shorter? Or was that just, was that more of a more of a culture way back in the day uh i i don't know they probably use it uh off the cuff there but it, it probably doesn't apply like it does for uh going going abroad there to rome italy so yeah <laughs> so let me ask this question I, I always like to ask this you're in marietta georgia paint on a map for those who may not know where marietta is um in georgia and in the continental united states for people that don't know where georgia is can you paint that on the map right so georgia obviously southeast united states just north of uh danielle there in florida and uh marietta georgia is about 30 minutes north northwest of atlanta so we, we're considered atlanta uh you know my our families who uh, i grew up in winder georgia which is over by athens by the university of georgia my in-laws obviously grew up or, or live in rome and uh, so we're about right in the middle of our two, uh, our grandparents. I, we have a son named John, and uh, we're, we're right in the middle in Marietta, uh, which is, like I said, about north, uh, about 30 minutes northwest of Atlanta. Marietta, um, city of Marietta, has one high school, 
but uh, the area we live in and the area we work in at Pope is uh, unincorporated Marietta, un unincorporated Cobb County Marietta address, which is East Cobb. Uh, a lot of baseball people will hear will recognize East Cobb baseball, um, which is where we are. The three high schools really on this side, um, and, and uh, there's really about five high schools on in East Cobb unincorporated area, which is Pope, Walton, Kale, Sprayberry, Wheeler, um, and Lassiter. So we're we're in that little group there. We look we're right next to Roswell, probably closer to Roswell than we are Marietta. So we mentioned that you're a, a podcaster as well, hanging with the AD. You and Don Baker do that, and it's yes, a phenomenal podcast. Uh, I tell Don all the time, I get my treadmill, and I learn a lot about ADs, hanging with the ADs. We spend a lot of time hanging with the ADs when we're on the treadmill. Me and my treadmill spend a lot of quality time together. <laughs> um, so you guys spend a lot of quality time with my treadmill, and you don't know it, uh, but I get to listen to it. So I, I want to ask this question about, about – starting the podcast and how that's evolved for you. Um, what, what made that decision to do the podcast and then how it's evolved to this point? Uh, was it something that you came up with? Was it Don that came up with it? And you guys just said, Hey, I think this would be a great idea. Yes, sir. That, uh, it, it was a collective effort. So one of my goals when I became athletic director was to go sit down with a veteran AD every summer. And I, I got to sit down with some really cool people. There was, uh, some some big time names uh, and I'm not going to name them. I'd be remiss. I'd, I'd miss one or two, but uh, there were some big night, big time name athletic directors in Georgia that said, "Yeah, sure, come sit down with me." And, and it was such a privilege and a pleasure. So I was I was on my way to doing that every summer. Um, Don had mentioned he wanted to do something different when he became district athletic director for our district. And he, I think he kind of had the podcast thing in mind. He's a, he's a big podcast listener, uh, or was at the time, obviously. And um, I had gone uh, to a GHSA meeting about reclassification. Uh, reclassification is a huge deal in Georgia. It seems like we change it every year, but uh, it's a big deal every two years. And on the way home, I called him and I said, hey, it would have been cool if somebody in that room would have had some kind of media outlet to share what was talked about today. And I said, do you think we could do a podcast? And he said, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about that. I'd love to do it. So that led to us talking about how we would want to do our podcast. The name Hanging with the AD, uh, at this time, this was pre-COVID, a year or so, or right, really the year of COVID. That year I had started, um, our cheerleaders actually started it a little uh, uh, I guess process or uh, just moments at a game of snapping selfies. And it's not really a selfie because I don't want to be in it. I just kind of get half my face or <laughs> an eyeball or something. Uh, it's hard not to get my ears in it. My ears are so big, but uh, you know, and, and they were like, Hey, can we, can you, can you get a selfie with us and put it on Instagram? So that happened once then it happened twice and it can't, it became it kind of morphed. And so I just, I said, we need to have a name for this. And eventually that name became Hanging with the AD. So I was doing that with our community and our cheerleaders or our football team or whoever it was at the time. Uh, I actually had adults say, hey, when can I be on Hanging with the AD? So it kind of grew. So then when Don and I started talking about what would the name be, I said, hey, what about Hanging with the AD? And we just have a, 
another arm of that. So that's where that name came from. But uh, Don does all the magic. He makes uh, he makes us sound good if we can sound good. He he he, uh, he does all the editing and stuff like that. We kind of combo who gets a guest, and we uh, we work together making up the questions and stuff like that. So it's it's really fun. I, every time is a different professional development opportunity for us, and we always say that if regardless of how many people listen, and we've been very blessed with listeners, but regardless of that, we're going to learn something each and every time we talk to someone. So. Well, we, we do that. I mean, this was Danielle's idea. She just needed somebody who would talk, um, and so she called me for some reason. So I get to talk, um, and she gets to do all the, the heavy lifting. I just get to do all the talking, um, which is great for me, but maybe not so much great for her. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that was like. Uh, who put out, hey – is there an AD out there that can talk and Dustin Smith's name came back? I wonder I wonder who nominated you or gave that reference. That'd be interesting to know. I don't no, know who was nominated, and Danielle probably will jump on this, but I think it was more like, man, everybody else said no, and so she got to the bottom of her list. <laughs> there I was. Well, that's what y'all got today, right? You you finally got to the bottom of your list for podcast guests. So that's good. No, man, I'm excited. I know with your years of experience, you've got to have – and this is what Danielle loves. She loves the story side of things. And and we had Don on and Don talked about shovels. And he actually sent us a picture uh, of a he did, game. Right? He threw me under the bus. Yeah, he, he threw <laughs> you right under the bus and backed up on it a couple of times. Yes, but, sir. Uh, he, he had some stories. And I know you've got some stories of your time as an athletic administrator. And we're excited to hear some of those. Yeah, so I'll just start off with, uh, you know, that that story. I think we shared it on when y'all were on our podcast. and. Don shared the story about the Mustang or horse or whatever they had at Kennesaw Mountain um, pooping on the field, I guess. So we have live Greyhound mascots that run out before the game. There's a, an association, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. There's a local association of Greyhound owners, and they volunteer and come up here, and our cheerleaders hold the dogs and run out on the field in front of the team. So, um, you know, just as Don had the experience, Don was a coach, though. It's worth noting now. When he when when he experienced this, he was a coach. He was in a box with headsets on. He just watched it. Somebody else had to clean up the mess. <laughs> at Pope, I don't know what year. This is my eleventh year here. At Pope as the athletic director, and I don't. It was two or three uh, year two or three, and at some point, right after kickoff, the referee blew the whistle, timeout, and starts looking around. And I'm usually in the same spot, so that you know they found me pretty quickly and he's just standing there right over uh some some um poop on the field from the greyhound uh, who who didn't get to go to the restroom i guess before the game which they typically do a great job of and uh he said yeah i think we need to get this cleaned up so luckily i spend most fridays uh home game fridays out on the field and just trying to get ready for a large crowd like we do like most ad's do and I didn't know where the shovel was. So I was able to quickly go get the shovel and um, and, and send that out. And I know Don sent you the picture of uh, the first home game that he came to this year and was kidding. And I do know where the shovel is. So the quick takeaway there is if you have live mascots, know where your shovel is. So that's about the only that's about the only takeaway I think is is there. Uh, Before you jump into something different, when you you said that the dog handlers are really good about getting them to go to the bathroom before they get out there. Is there a designated area that you do that at the field or they have a place in the parking lot they take care of that? 
You know what? That's, that's a great question. I've, ne- I've never noticed um, <laughs> dog poop around our facility. So they probably clean up just like a normal person walking down the street does. You know, we're, we're a dog community. You see people walking down the road. I, I'm not a dog person. So when I see somebody walking down the road, walking their dog, and they're carrying a little baggie, that's a little gross to me. But uh, I've been there, done that. We did have a dog for a little while. My wife had a dog that I inherited. But uh, so, so I think they take care of it. I, you know, they they're really, really respectful, and and they take pride in their little organization. Uh, so, so good question. I, I don't know where they go, but they take care of it. So, so did, have you ever? run with the dogs have you been one to lead them out you know hanging with the ad were you one that had the dogs with the cheerleaders and do a selfie that'd be a gopro item you could do that as well that would be yeah. i don't know never never had uh never never entertained that so um yeah they after this fat. after this conversation i might get invited out there i don't know if i'm fast enough we we got some pretty athletic cheerleaders so i i don't know i don't i don't want to pull a hamstring or anything like that so Greyhounds are very fast. Very they are very fast, which leads kind of into my next story I was going to share. And it goes along. My very first home football game here, 2012, uh, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, just like every other first year, first time AD home football game. Uh, the dogs had shown up. I think they had emailed me and said, hey, we always come. They typically do that at the beginning of the year. It's called the Southeastern Greyhound Association. They have a name. Um, so they're really organized. But um, so our team comes running out and um, we shoot fireworks at that time. So, uh, yeah, there's there's fireworks going on. We had a brand new principal. I'm a brand new AD who he had hired. Uh, Great guy. His name was Bob Downs, uh, but uh, he's no longer here. But uh, he looked at me and I looked at him and he said, did you know that was going to happen? Fireworks, right? Regardless of Greyhounds, fireworks going off before the game was a very a big surprise. So I said, no, I had no idea. Um, so I'll take care of it. You know, I'll tell them not to do it anymore or make sure they got the right uh, certifications and, and, and approvals and all that. Well, before I think I went to bed that night, I had an email from the Southeast Greyhound Association saying, this is this spooks our dogs. Uh, it's not good for our dogs. It makes them do things they, they don't typically do and can affect them. Uh, if you're going to do that, we can't come. And, you know, I was very apologetic and I answered it the way you're supposed to answer it. And obviously they still come. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, and, and I don't know when it happened again. I think a year or two later, once again, shoot fireworks. And at that time, I think one of the dogs got loose. Uh, I got word back, hey, broke loose from the cheerleaders, really got spooked and took off. Uh, so, uh, crazy! Don't shoot fireworks around the Greyhounds, right? Uh, so we haven't had fireworks other than those two times. Uh, I was unaware; obviously, didn't approve either time. But uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting that um, we got those emails real quick. That hey, we got to protect these dogs. They're they're very um, uh, routine oriented. They're, they're very. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know think it. Right. I don't think it matters with breed of dog it is i don't know any dogs that enjoy fireworks they get pretty spooked so as soon as you were like fireworks and you knew greyhounds were there i was like <laughs> oh no this is not right. a good combo but i do right. want to know more about the dog that got uh that made the runaway so you know what I, it, it didn't get too out of control because when i heard about it 
they said dog got loose. And, you know, my question was, did we catch it? Because I obviously knew it was a very fast dog. And they said, yes, we caught it and, and controlled it and all that. So, <laughs> yeah, that, by the time I heard about it, it, it was all under control. But I didn't see it, obviously, on a different part of the field or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of crazy when I heard a dog got loose because I, I was like, uh, that dog may still be running, right? So, and there's nobody here that's going to catch it. Right? <laughs> that, that's part of my question. When, when these dogs and the cheerleaders meet, is there any – mingling beforehand so they get to find out what dog they get or my concern is if the dog doesn't like the, the cheerleader or if the cheerleader trips while the dog is running what happens is it just <laughs> behind Dustin wants to Dustin wants the cheerleader greyhound social before the game is what that's he's right, asking right. for right now <laughs> yeah I don't know how that works I mean I know that the 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 dog and dog handlers they they meet in a certain area and they I don't know what what they tell the cheerleaders about how to handle them or whatever, but obviously the dog handlers are fine with them running out on the field. Uh, so I don't know exactly how that works. Uh, I've never been a part of that. They, the cheerleaders know where to go and the dog handlers know where to meet up and all that. And uh, Other than those two times, we haven't really had any issues uh, with, with the dog getting out of control and stuff like that. So, but yeah, you'll see their cheerleaders, they're patting them. And, uh, I think the dogs like it. And, and obviously the dog handlers like being a part of it. It's, it's a big tradition. Um, and there, there, I've heard from numerous people over the years, are the greyhounds going to be there? You know, y'all have the live greyhounds, whatever that comment is, it's more noticeable than I probably realize, uh, which makes it really cool. So. Well, and I'm sure that the handlers, you know, pick dogs that can handle that type of situation. So I'm sure that that that's all fine there. But I really love that um, camaraderie that you have. The community is, you know, obviously loving it as well. But you're bringing in a community organization and highlighting them. But it's also highlighting your school and your mascot. I just think it's overall such a positive, awesome thing. And I definitely can see like funny stories coming out of this. Like the dog gets loose, fireworks. I mean, the poo, there's probably going to be more. And we want to have you back on when something <laughs> happens again. Yeah, I'll, I'll start making note of those. Hopefully <laughs> not too many of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's worth any, you know, having to go find a shovel from time to time if that's what it is. But uh, yeah, they, they enjoy coming out. And it was a tradition started way before me, I think. And uh, it's one that we always want to continue because it, once again, as we said, I think before we started recording, there's only like 67 schools across the country uh, that that are greyhounds. I think there's only two in Georgia. So it's a very unique uh, mascot that we have. And uh, we we want to make sure our mascot is, is, is in the uniqueness of it is a part of our culture, our brand and, and uh, having the live mascots really neat to have. So. See, and we talked before we got on the air that the Greenwood is the bulldogs and we have a live mascot a guy brings his dog and it's bulldog now it's very different than the greyhound it is not fast and it's <laughs> right it does not take off running and lead our team out but we do fireworks as well and the the exciting part for me i say excited the entertaining part for me is our visiting fans we shoot off the fireworks behind them on the <laughs> on the visitor side and they have zero clue that it's coming so when we do the national anthem and the bombs are bursting in there, all of a sudden fireworks are going off. And it's entertaining to me because I record some of the reaction of the fans from the visiting side because they, 
it scares them. <laughs> They're not expecting the fireworks to go off. So the dog is a tradition for us, but also fireworks are a tradition. We were going to do away with the fireworks this year and just do the strobing lights instead of fireworks. Just try to do multiple colors, kind of like right. the fireworks that we scored. Um, but we had, a, I call it a revolt. Uh, the tradition of fireworks wanted to be upheld, and the people that were very adamant about that were very vocal. Uh, right. We kept the fireworks and the light show, so it's a lot going on for us doing the fireworks, but it doesn't spook the dog. He's used to it, I guess, all these years later. We've got the lights. We don't have the colors, but we got the strobing lights. They're really cool, and we like to use those when it, when it's dark at game time. But uh, if there's any Pope people listening, Dustin, I don't want you to talk them into us doing fireworks, so they need to understand. <laughs> don't email the AD about revolting to have fireworks. You can – you can have a revolt to keep your fireworks, but don't email me that we're going to have fireworks because uh, that's going to be a hard no. So just save that email and email me about something else they want. So. Yeah. We do fireworks, a cannon, the lights. I mean, it's oh, y'all crazy. got it all. We go crazy, and we scored. We have scored a lot lately, so there's a lot of money put into fireworks. I just I don't like fireworks myself. Um, and we're not talking about the little snaps that you throw on the ground. I mean, right. these are right. um, about that. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of fireworks personally, but it's a great environment for our people. And like you said, it's a tradition that our people expect and they want to continue right. to to have at Greenwood football games. So when we go on the road, I'm always looking. I'm thinking like I'm a visiting fan. I'm looking around saying, where's fireworks coming from? Because I don't want to be scared by myself. Interesting. You're right. That's good. <laughs> Danielle, do you have any fun tricks like that? Did you do Um, well, the were on the docket for us to get, so we had the old school lights. Um, but I had the the same, um, not the same idea, but I wanted to have our local animal shelter come out and have like we were the hurricanes, call us the canes. So I wanted to have like a cane of the week and have a different dog come out. Um, every all of our home games, and that dog was adoptable. Right. So maybe have the local community be like, look, at it was Cane of the Week. And then hopefully that dog would get adopted by somebody who maybe saw it at the game or at least spread the, the word about it. So I had this this idea to do this, um, but I really I couldn't get it past risk management. So I never actually got it off of the ground. But it was an idea that I was pretty excited about because we didn't have necessarily a live mascot. You know, as the hurricanes, there's not, you know, a physical it's not easy to have a physical one. So I thought maybe that would be a fun thing to do for the community. So that's probably why I love what you're doing so much because um, I believe in like, you know, taking the community organizations and kind of putting together with the school. And I think it's just always a a win-win, but um, unfortunately uh, I'm not proud to say that I was not able to get that idea off of the ground, but if someone else listening can and does, and you probably can make a lot of families and dogs happy. <laughs> if you could do that, so that's, right. that's a good idea. Yeah, so I thought that it would just be a highlight type of thing for each dog. And clearly, if if Josh would have vetoed the dogs, there'd probably be a different AD in that seat right there than than Josh if he had vetoed that tradition. Absolutely. I mean, it, it didn't take very long to realize that uh, the having the dogs here was a is a, is a great idea, a great tradition. But also having the relationship, and it's not a very deep relationship. It's during football season, right, with the Greyhound Association, but they have a lot of pride in it. So it was like this is very obvious that the choice of fireworks versus dog in the, the Greyhounds, we're going we're gonna to side on the Greyhounds, and we're going to 
continue this partnership and we're not going to have fireworks at their expense. Right. So, uh, uh, we, we can figure out other traditions and we're working on some of those, but, uh, yeah. Has there ever been a game when the dogs didn't show up like weather or just didn't show up because it was too cold. If it was just, they didn't show up, they got the schedule mixed up and they didn't have them. Has there ever been a game when they weren't there? You know, good question. I don't know. Obviously, during COVID, I don't think they were here. Uh, but, uh, you know, we we tried to restrict just who was here. So I don't think we had them uh, on campus for that or uh, during that time. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't think so. We I think we always have one or two that show up. We actually had a uh, school secretary who just retired last year, and she owns a Greyhound. So she had a, a vested interest in being here for the school part of it, but then they, she would go home and bring their dog as well. So we, I think we've always had one or two, but we'll get up to six or seven at some times. I was going to say, I need to know like the win loss percentage. Like I, I'm data driven. Like I want to know if there's a curse, if the learner hounds are there. <laughs> like that. Oh, I couldn't tell you that. I couldn't tell you that. I, don't, I have no idea. You report no idea. back. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a cool tradition, though. I mean, and, and I think that's a takeaway just for any AD sitting in a chair across the country. Know what your traditions are. Embrace yeah. those traditions um, and, and enhance those traditions if you can. That's an awesome tradition that you have. And, and the battle of fireworks versus the greyhounds, the greyhounds won. Um, which is a cool thing for you to be able to say fireworks for me was something that my superintendent said, I'm not going to be the one responsible for getting rid of right. fireworks because then he'd be, there'd be a new superintendent is what his words were. Uh, <laughs> fireworks. So it was an important thing for our tradition. Uh, but, but the takeaway for me is embrace what your traditions are and not just embrace them, but enhance those the best that you can and make sure that there's, um, publicity for those make sure that that's a big part of what you do and that's part of the game day environment yeah i agree that's exactly what i thought you know know your traditions and if you're a brand new ad i think that's one of the toughest uh, pieces to being a brand new ad because you come from somewhere else and you've seen their traditions and a lot of those you probably like and agree with and want to implement but the Someone else's traditions aren't our traditions. And when you go to a new place, you've got to take time to to to, to learn the new traditions, right? And, and it doesn't just take one football game. Sometimes it takes a lot longer than that. So you've got to, as a new AD, you've got to learn those traditions, learn how to embrace them, and then maybe modify them or change them uh, as you see fit, as you see the community's need is. But you got to know those traditions. And then from an operational standpoint, know what your pregame activities are, and not just with football, but football is obviously the big one where you have the the crazy fireworks. You know, we're not shooting fireworks, or I don't know if y'all are shooting fireworks for your baseball games and soccer games and all that, but I doubt it, right? So, um, you know, know what those pregame activities are to make sure they don't contradict and, and hurt your overall fan experience and the experiences going on. So. Yeah, we we shoot the fireworks on our baseball field, which would be extremely difficult to do during a baseball game. That's uh, right. Although that'd be that add to the to the atmosphere, I guess. And I wouldn't want to be the shortstop or the second baseman when fireworks are going off because they're right there and That's they funny. do it from the dirt. But uh, quite a neat tradition here, um, and something I can't get rid of, obviously, because <laughs> they get rid of me. Before they got rid of the fireworks, I can assure right. you. Yeah. 
So, that, so I mean, just a couple more stories. This was tough, a tough assignment to uh, listen to some of these other ADs that y'all have had on and try to come up with stories. I don't think mine uh, um, compared a lot of those stories, but uh, we did. We we've been lucky. I think it was mentioned before or uh, mentioned during our uh, intro about where we're located. Baseball's a hot. Uh, we're a hotbed for baseball here in, in East Cobb, and we've been fortunate to be really good in baseball for a number of years now. So a couple of years ago, uh, 2020, spring of 2021, uh, we were hosting the state semifinals. We hosted our rival from right down the street. Um, we we were at the tail end of the school year, so we were still in the restrictions on number of people who could attend the game. And uh, luckily for this game, the restrictions were loosened up to like 80% of our baseball complex and uh, 20. 16, I think it was, we had hosted another rival from down the road and had about 2,200 people here. So we were at about 80% capacity in 2021. That allowed us to have about 1,800 people come watch this game, which was crazy because we'd gone all year with hardly anybody in the stands. And uh, we're hosting this team. Unfortunately, we lost uh, the doubleheader there to uh, to a couple close games, uh, but they moved on to the finals. At the end of the game, once again, there's 1,800 people there. It's uh, very animated. Uh, there's and, and we get along good. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say we live in a very violent area to, at all, uh, but you know, our kids like to have fun, and sometimes their their definition of fun is a little different than ours. So at the end, uh, you know, once again, there's tons of kids there. Um, the the other team, their fans were down the left field line and in the left field a little bit. And um, obviously they won. They're very excited. One of their young men decide to jump the fence and take off across the field. Um, you know, we, we, our team goes out to right field at the end of the game and does their post game meeting talk or whatever you want to call it. And he decided he was going to run across the field kind of, I guess he was taking a shortcut to the parking lot maybe. And uh, he ran across the field by our, by our team. Uh, luckily, we weren't in the mood to really create any kind of disturbance. And he uh, made some gestures. Uh, you know, he I guess he was telling us we were number one, even though they were they were they had won the game. But uh, so he he proceeded to head toward the corner, the right field corner and was going to hop the fence and head on to the parking lot. And I had come out on the field just like I do at, at the end of any big game like that, like most ADs, I guess, do. And I noticed him running across there and kind of I didn't sprint after him. I knew it was a kid. I wasn't going to catch him. But when he got to the corner to, to exit the field, he noticed, uh, or I guess, some of our alumni who were standing down that line. They were uh, recently graduated alumni. They were standing there on the other side of the fence. Uh, they saw him and what he did, and they made it well known that he didn't need to jump the fence, right? Um, <laughs> Not that I don't I doubt anything really violent would have happened, uh, knowing our kids, but uh, they made it well known that he didn't need to jump the fence. So he proceeded to head down the fence line, still inside the fence, uh, toward right center field. And at that point, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to kind of corral this kid and get him toward the other administration and let them take care of him. I'm not going to just let him get away and get away with this. Well, he decided he wanted to jump the fence kind of in right center field. Uh, he wasn't in the, the right state of mind, let's say, 
to be able to judge the fence and uh, make this all happen in a, in a good athletic motion. So he land, he hits a fence, and by that time I'm able to kind of grab him and you know wrap him up, hold on to him, and um, started just kind of dragging him across the field, walking him walking him across the field, I guess. And uh, once again, he got his feet tangled up. He he wasn't able to walk in at my pace or whatever, and he got his feet tangled up and fell down. So it looked like I tackled him. Uh, <laughs> that was not the case, actually. He kind of tripped, and um, I just let him stay there. And um, his administration and, and officers came and dealt with him appropriately. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that was an interesting situation because it was right there in front of our kids who had just lost the game and I you know there could have been some things happen luckily our kids uh exercise restraint and uh, you know I got comments afterwards about how to how I handled it and once again I, I didn't really want to tackle the kid but I didn't also didn't want him to get away and get away with it so uh you know you you want kids to kids are going to do dumb things you're gonna be knuckleheads right that's why we got in this business to help them learn how to not to be knuckleheads and um but at some point in time you you also want them to have consequences for their actions for some actions so um yeah that was that was an interesting it was really interesting when he got to the right foot corner he had to take a detour because his uh he realized his shortcut wasn't the right uh he didn't he didn't want to necessarily take that shortcut it wasn't the right way to go so there's a robot there yeah well and and I guess the first thing when you started telling this story is the majority of kids who have run across field um, on our podcast have been naked and streaking. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, Yours when I heard closed. Becky Moran talk about that, <laughs> luckily he was uh, fully dressed. He was full- Okay, so I just want to get that out there, that he was fully clothed as you're dragging him across the field now because you tackled him. And, yeah, okay. and, they, and that didn't go very far. Now, I mean, he, you know, the, the way I was holding him and the direction I wanted him to go, he didn't want to go that way. And. He, he his feet tangled up and he just went to the ground and I just let him stay there until the appropriate people could come take care of him. I, I like the way you phrased all of that. Um, our kids weren't in the mood for any kind of gesturing. He was telling us we were number one, even though they won. Um, the way you coded all of that um, and then the state of mind that he was in, that he couldn't clear the fence or jump the fence or misjudged the height of the fence. Um, I'm just trying to picture you in this process as he's making this dart from left field across. Um, and, and I don't know, what position did you play in college? I was an infielder, but I'm not very fast at all. Now, I, 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 I'm a very slow runner, point A to point B. I like to run. If I go jogging, and, and, and I'm running, you know, distance, not sprints. So. Yeah, I, I used to say I was like a sewing machine. I ran a long time in the same place. It took me uh, yeah, a while. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yes, sir. I, I could, I could, I can resemble that. Uh, I and, I and I, I did cognitively decide I'm not going to look like a fool chasing this kid all over this field. <laughs> I mean, I, I could see myself looking that way, and, and it was more of I'm going to corral this kid to get him because I know if I get him in the right direction, his administration will take that. that, that the, and plus, the officers can do that. I'm. I'm not going to look like a fool. I'm going to have some systematic approach to this here. So. <laughs> a well thought out plan. I feel like that's a common theme for like all of the ADs who have to chase a kid across the field. They're all like, no, nuh-uh. Don't look like a fool is, <laughs> is the moral of the story, right? There's I mean, cameras out here. That's no. right. <laughs> because, I mean, 
if we think about it, these kids are 16, 17, 18. They're, they're more clever than we are. And, and they want to, they want it to be funny. They can make us look like fools really quick. So I, uh, I decided now I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to fall for that trap. Now I may not catch him, but I'm not going to fall for that trap. Yeah. The the kids here call it old man smarts. (laughs) Like they're like, Dustin, you got old man smarts. Like I can't, I can't, you know where I'm going to go with this. So you just think through it and you just, okay, I'm going to let him run around and then I'm going to catch him at an angle where I don't have to do all the running. I just catch him (laughs) whenever he's tired. That's right. I just have this image of like, of like an animal, like caged in a corral and he's just trying to figure out how to get out. Like, as you're explaining this, this is how I feel like, well, nope, that's not the way. And he turns and goes the other way. And you're just like, steady, but surely like marching down the center. He just, he just went down the fence line. Luckily he didn't zigzag. He just went down the fence line, which was away from our, our team luckily. And then he found the spot he wanted to get over and kind of misjudged that. Uh, And then, then we were able to, corral him a little bit so. when you what, think about i mean even I, I watched it this past weekend uh maybe it was monday night when a guy had a right. protest or whatever did the gender reveal and he got tackled by bobby wagner on the field um and now he's suing for uh something i mean he got i was just listening to the sports talk they were talking about this morning uh one, one of the guys on there is a former falcon and he was saying no when you come on the field now it's 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 um yep it's all, you know, all the fun and games is over with. But but you think about all the things that could have happened there. Your team could have been upset and then violence could have happened, whether that was the alumni, whether that was right. your team. It could have been a big, what do we call a Donnybrook. It right. could have escalated to something that it really didn't. So you were fortunate in that that situation that nobody took matters into their own hands, if you will. Right. And, yeah. and you know, the, the great thing was it was one kid. I mean – it's a testament to our kids, their kids. Everybody saw this kid come out on the field, but nobody followed him and nobody, you know, that's when it really becomes crazy is when you get more people than you can manage. Uh, We can manage one. And and luckily everybody else kept their head and did the right thing. And, uh, you know, once again, we get into, we're educators to educate and that extends out to the athletic field. So when people mess up, we got to educate them a little bit and, if it's only one, it's easier to educate one than it is a whole crowd full, right? Now, was, was he a conversation as you walked with the kid? Did you uh, have a do better moment with him, or did you just shake your head and just just say, "Hey, strict instructions of just go this way"? Yeah, I think I just said something like, "You're going with me." I you know didn't didn't really want want to get too uh, verbal with him. He he was he had, he had done what he wanted to do, and now yeah, it was just yeah, time to anyway. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, and at that point in time, I didn't realize, you know, the full extent of, of what was going on. I just knew we had a kid on the field and needed to uh, get him to the right authorities, and that wasn't me. And uh, then they could figure it out, and obviously they figured it out a little bit more too. So. So was he? I know he was, you know, with the visiting team, but was he an actual student at that visiting school? He was. Yes, he was. He was. Okay. So do you know um, what happened consequence-wise with him? I do. Yeah, 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 I do. I mean, it, they, they, it, it was school protocol, right? I mean, it's, it, it was nothing. I mean, it, it wasn't like, hey, this kid did something extraordinary. It was, all right, he would, same thing would happen if he'd done a football game or, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know that running on the field actually caused anything more, uh, probably more in that discussion because nothing really happened when he ran on the field, right? But so, yeah, it was, it, I mean, it was easy school discipline. So, yeah. 
I say easy school discipline. I mean, you think about just being in that moment. I mean, you're frustrated. If you're like me as an AD, your team's lost and we're close games and it's a rival and you know how tensions arise and during that. And, and I'd have been, I might not have held myself together like you did. I might have been a little more upset that our team lost and our kids didn't do what they were supposed to do, or maybe not that they weren't supposed to do, but um, our kids didn't perform like we wanted them to perform. And so I'd have been dealing with that and my emotions of that, but then you got to take that hat off and say, all right, I'm the AD too. I've got to be the administrator here and I've got game responsibilities and this is part of it. Yeah. I think luckily for me, I, I don't, I don't want this to sound uh, braggadocious or anything. We, we had been in these games before, like I said, 2016, another local school won the state championship on our field. Uh, we had, we had a close first game and we were up in the second game and all of a sudden they took the lead. They, they did, they, they had a couple or uh, a good inning, took the lead and and I went, Oh my goodness, I gotta it I'm about to have to give them the trophy. I didn't have the trophy unpacked and you know that kind of stuff. So I'd already had to do that another time in, in some other thing other kind of tournament situations, championship level situations. So I think getting away from the disappointment and and losing the games, I had learned how to do that before. I think that's a great skill. Like you said, you gotta Excuse me. As athletic director, you have to separate your role versus your pride for your school, right? And uh, you know that's probably a bad thing for athletic directors. Sometimes we may get uh, judged as we don't care as much about our teams and our performances versus the administrative part, which is boring and unimportant to a lot of people in our community. But that's the role we've chosen to do. So. Luckily, I'd experienced that before, so I was able to to get past, man, we just lost to our rival, and I hate losing, and I wish we'd have won, and all that, the emotions of, of losing the game. You know, I think for me, I'll probably come back and think about that later on, maybe the next day or when I'm talking to the coach again or whenever. So, yeah. It's easier for me to get upset when Oklahoma State doesn't play well than it is right. when it doesn't play well because I've got a role. <laughs> At Greenwood, when Oklahoma State doesn't play well, which is frequent, then I get upset. It's a whole different side of me that my wife gets to see, um, and she is to process. And she'll look at me and be like, "It's just a game. You have nothing invested in this other than just being a fan." And so we got to take off that hat of being a fan and being an administrator and say, "Okay, I'm going to have to award this trophy, even if it's not to my team." Right. Yeah. I wish we had some sort of like um, like body cameras on on ADs, or we could see the reaction of when ADs figure out something like this happened. Because right. I feel like every time something like that happened, I'd be like, oh, "Are you kidding?" And then I'd run, or "Come on!" That's right. And then and then I'd run. You'd have some sort of sigh or or words, as, as Dustin likes to say, some colorful language before they go and deal with it. There's like a thirty second like, "Ugh." Are you serious right now? And then they take off to deal with the situation. And I just feel like we could get like a nice little video montage of like all these things like, oh, <laughs> you're right. sitting there de- dealing with all of this. And then you look and see a kid running across the field. I'm sure you were like, come on. <laughs> that, that, that's exactly what it was. I mean, it's like, oh, good. Here, I, you know, goodness, I got to go deal with this. You know, so yeah, yeah exactly. And, yeah. and I tap into, and Josh, you can appreciate this. Uh, I, I call them Jesus timeouts. Uh, when Jesus doodled in the sand, 
Um, they had the adulterous woman, and they were. Yeah, what did he write in the sand? That, that's the question I want to ask. Yeah, that's the question, but that's what I call it a Jesus time. I'll just sometimes turn around and just kind of write in the ground, just thinking, okay, I got to have my moment. And that's my moment. I call it a Jesus timeout. I like that. I, I'm going to use that. That's for sure. That's good. That's good. <laughs> hey, there was one more baseball one that I, I'll share. Uh, just because it goes to the intimidation sometimes at ADs or uh, for my my role as AD assistant principal, you know, you put in a leadership role, but you also have the principal who's over you. Uh, in 2018, uh, we were in the second year of playing the state championship at Ro- in Rome, back in Rome, uh, but at the minor league baseball part there where the Rome Braves play. And we had played there the year before. They had moved all the state championship baseball games to a neutral site. So it was our second year there, but they had a big rain delay the day before. And going through it, we knew we were on time schedule as far as number of days because the Rome Braves were coming back in town. So uh, the GHSA guy gets the leader, the school leadership together. Well, at that point in time, we we had an interim principal and we had just named a new principal who would take over you know, a few days from now, whenever. Well, the GHSA guy gets us together. I'm the only school leader there. The other team had their principal, their AD, their head coach was there as well. And wherever we're meeting, our head coach, I knew how he felt. And he was off preparing our team. And I probably just didn't go get him. But I knew where he felt. But it was basically, hey, it's let's call it 7 o'clock. And we can play at 7.30. Do you want to play two games tonight? It was a doubleheader day. Do you want to play two games? And we knew that. At that point in time in the spring, thunderstorms are all, it's almost like Danielle with you in the summer. Thunderstorms are always prevalent or yeah. forecasted, I guess. And um, I was like, yeah, let's play the game. We, we Let's play the game. Let's play as long as we can play. We know we're under time crunch if we go further days, not knowing if we'd sweep or not. But uh, so we played two games and uh, we finished the games at 1.13 a.m. So we're rolling out of there. The other team that we had a charter bus, the other team didn't have a charter bus. So I felt good about our chances the next day that they, all they, they were driving home 40, 40 minutes away and we were riding home on a charter bus. But I really felt bad because it was like I, I said, and, and we all agreed there, but it was looking back on it. I was making a decision for our community and it's, I, I, I like making decisions. I'm fine with making tough decisions. But man, having somebody else standing right there beside you with a different perspective might have might have fixed that a little bit. I I took my wife, who I said earlier she she grew up ten minutes from there. I left her her parents, and uh, we had a young son then. He was like two, and uh, I drove home for some reason. I think we had our faculty retirement luncheon the next day. And I thought I needed to drive home, and I almost didn't make it. I tell you, it was uh, it was it was rough getting home at like two fifty in the morning. I listened to Josh Scott's interview, and he said he drove from St. Louis to wherever in Kansas, in Missouri. And yeah, I was later. thinking about driving for an hour home after this uh, baseball tournament. I'm impressed that he drove all night and then drove all day the next day to go back. And I couldn't. I barely made it an hour. But uh, you know, I think when it comes to making some of these decisions it helps having different perspectives, not just the AD perspective or the coach perspective is what I had at the time. Um, so that, that was just one I wanted to add, man, walking off the field at one thirteen and getting in the car, you know, leaving, leaving Rome at one fifty or whatever to get home and 
turn around. We split. We we had to go back the next day and play the next day. So it was uh, – I, I don't think I'm real proud of that decision, but I think back on it like, man, that that, that, that was a tough decision to make. I can relate to that story so much because you're absolutely right. There, You have the same type of storm scenario frequently in Florida. And I remember one game in particular where um, it was a school that traveled about an hour and a half to get to our school. They're already there. So lightning happened. I am kidding, like two minutes before kickoff. So like right at the kickoff of like 730. It was it was 728. And the lightning was so bad and the thunder was so bad that I didn't even have to clear the stadium. Everyone just did it all by themselves instantly. It was like instant run out of the stadium. But you know, the radar looked like it was going to clear and then we'd get more lightning. Um, but we, as the homeschool, did not want to be the ones to call that because this other school has a charter bus. They travel an hour and a half, you know, to get here. Officials are already here. So you're paying them. They're paying for their bus because it's they're already here. So there's a lot of money that kind of goes into this decision on top of, um, you know, where you're ranking and how this affects if, if you can you play the game tomorrow. Can you not play the game tomorrow? How would that affect your ranking, et cetera? So. Um, a lot of schools had issues that night and it, and it caused our FHSA, our state organization to, um, implement a rule that after lightning, I can't remember off the top of my head, if it's two or three hours, if you are in the delay for those two hours, the game is called. So now it's an actual policy and it's a relatively new one in Florida where it's removed from the coach and the AD having to be the one to make that call for all of the reasons that you're talking about. It's not. We have that same rule for the regular season. It's two hours, Mm -hmm. but for the playoffs, it's waived. So Mm. we were in the state championship. We, it was a neutral site game. The GHSA was hosting, but luckily and to their credit, they let us weigh in on the decision. Right. And and I really appreciate that from them. But uh, when it was all said and done with at one 13 in the morning. And then when I rolled in with jelly arms, barely being able to drive the steering wheel, you know, drive the car, uh, rolling in at 2.45 or whatever time I got in the next morning. I was like, I, I don't know if that was the right decision. Luckily, our kids uh, were on a charter bus, and they only had to drive five minutes home. And the other team, they all made it home safely and made it back. So that was – you know, everything worked out great. But I still think about that when I'm driving home late at, late from an event. How late is too late to make a decision? And I think about standing there as the one and only Pope representative you know, did, did I make the right decision? Did I make a crazy decision? Because we finished at one thirteen in the morning. Um, just, just I don't know. The more information you can get when you have to make those decisions, the better. And and don't just go ask the other athletic administrator. Ask the cop or ask the principal. Ask a teacher. Ask a parent. You know, get different perspectives so you don't have the same perspective five different times, right? Well, you know, the coaches are going to want to play. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I didn't have to have my coach there to tell me, yeah. hey, I want to play. I don't care how late we have to stay here, right? We got a charter bus. Well, let's play. We'll yeah. leave at three in the morning. Yeah, we, we got kids that, I mean, coaches that want to play. It's a Tuesday night. And I'll tell them, if it's past 830, we're not starting. Right. Because kids have to, the visiting team has to travel home. So if they've got to travel home and they're going to get back at, Midnight or later, there ain't no sense in playing that game. That's not fair for those kids. Right. So we can, we can pick another date to do that. Yeah. What now? I, maybe you, you said it, Josh, and I missed it. But what day of the week was that? I I don't know. We were out of school, so school. Okay. And, and both schools were from the same district, um, and we were out of school. I don't remember 
I guess I thought I had to come back. But there was no home. school the next morning, though. Right. We had post. Okay. Uh, no, we had. Um, I'm trying to think. No, I, actually, you know what? I, I do remember we were still in school. We had final exams, and we during the during game two when it started getting late, we started sending emails to teachers, finding kids' schedules to say this kid may take the final late or may come in late tomorrow, whatever. Uh, it wasn't the retirement luncheon. That was a different year. But, uh, yeah, we, we did have to manage kids going in late. We, we, we basically said if we're going to play, we're going to lose here. Uh, we knew we, was gonna, we could tell it was going to be a split. And it was basically, hey, let's let these kids sleep in in the morning because they're going to get home at whatever time and, mm-hmm. you know, miss the final exam. They can make that up two days from now. So, and that's what some people don't take into account. All the things yeah. that you're going in, it's not just weather, it's not just travel, it's not just the game. There's a lot more to it. You're worrying yeah. about what the what the impact's going to be for the kids, your kids, and the kids if you're at home, the kids that are traveling, or if you're traveling, your kids getting home. And I always tell my ladies I'm dealing with, you're the road team, so you get to talk. You've got a decision to make in this process too. It's not just me because. I got a two minute drive home. Right. You've got to drive back and you got to get your kids back and they got to go the next day. So what makes the most sense for you guys as well? Um, and it's not just me making a decision. There's a lot of factors that go into a decision yep. like this. It's not just something you can make and, and everything be honky dory. There's a lot that goes into that. Right. And that's why that decision is so hard to make because not everybody sees that parents who are going to on this game or, or the kids or the officials or the coach, they, they may not necessarily see all of those different angles and sometimes that it can be a very hard call to make right right <clears throat> yeah and you were thinking about all that as you were driving home at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> at some point in time my drive home it just became i quit thinking about everything i thought about just get the car home you know right. just keep it between the lines because uh I, I wasn't doing very well at all and, and i don't know what all it led up to that but man it was a uh, I remember that specifically, especially now when I'm going to other state events, getting home late at night. I, I know there's a certain uh, personal limit on my uh, how late I can stay out versus, hey, I'm just going to get a hotel room and I'll drive home in the morning. So, Well, I don't know yeah. if you can relate to this, but the older I get, the shorter that time is. I, I'm, I'm learning that. Yes, sir. I, definitely. I, I was going to say the kids are probably normal. They're probably like, oh, this is no big deal. Wake anyway. You know, the, the one of the other lessons there is during COVID, and we we have, and like a lot of districts, especially around here, I don't know about where y'all are, but we have a huge bus driver shortage. So our transportation to game, to and from games has really changed where now kids are driving or parents are driving to a lot of places. Now, if it's state playoffs where we're going to be out late or we're going to take this overnight trip, most of the time we're getting some kind of bus. But it's really made us think about who's driving at these times of day. Is is it a regular season game where we're going four or five miles down the road? Yeah, they could stay out late, but it's still four or five miles home. Or is it is it a longer trip where we need to make sure we get a bus so we don't have kids and parents driving our, our kids around? So. And when we, we have our coaches drive a lot of our trips. So we have school buses for the district, and right. they take those, and our coaches do that. We had one year that our coaches – we had a game that was four hours away. It's a conference game. 
And our football coach was like, hey, Dustin, I don't mind the coaches driving to the game, but driving home after they coach, that's a terrible idea. So will you drive a bus home? And I thought, well, I'm going to be there just as long as they are. I I may not be coaching, but I got to drive the bus home. But we think about those factors, too. My coaches that may have to coach the game have to drive a bus home, too, because of the bus driver shortage. Right. Um, Some of our coaches get paid to do that. So they're like, yeah, I'll drive. So I get more money. but there's there's thought processes you got to take into account the bus drivers the situation that you're in obviously mm-hmm. and when the makeup game could happen is it the next day is that fair to kids is that fair yeah. to to your coaches as well right well so. and and I think too um, you know we have like a 25 mile bubble around our high school so if you were playing within that 25 mile bubble then you're getting your own transportation there but anything outside of that 25 mile bubble, we're providing the transportation for. And at first, and at first I, I, I didn't like it. It made me nervous. Um, but I always like to try to find the positives and things. And I, and I ended up, um, grow, the policy grew on me because I found that the kids and the coaches both got home a lot earlier than having to come back to the school, wait for parents to pick them up at the school and then go back home. They were just going home from wherever you know, the school was. So once, once it was something that everybody was used to and expected and you knew it and here's the schedule and you had to figure out how you're going to get, you know, yourself to these games. And these are the games we're providing transportation for. Um, it was something that ended up growing on me just because I truly believe that kids got home significantly sooner going home, home directly from, you know, the, the, the event to, um, then going, getting on the bus and going back to the school. Yeah, that's a good point. So that was something that I, and I hate, I hate an empty bus goes home. I hate it. If I, if I'm getting a bus for you guys, you're all, you're making it a team building thing. And you're all going and you're all coming home because I can't right. pay for I an empty bus that. to come home. That is a pet peeve that I absolutely have. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so uh, just to try to, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I mean, I think, I think trips are something that all of us worry about and making those decisions as ADs is not an easy decision. There's a lot that goes into that. So as athletic administrators are listening mm-hmm. to this podcast and listening to Josh tell his stories, you think about put yourself in those shoes because really you're going to be in those shoes. Um, right. And sometimes you're going to make a decision and it may not rain. You That's just right. have to deal with that and the outcome of that. And you're going to have some upset people. I've got parents all the time. They're like, hey, we canceled this game. We played one game, but we canceled the next game. I want my money back. And I'm like, hey, I'm not. I'm not sure you didn't watch the first game. We played it, so I'm not <laughs> gonna. I'm not gonna give you money back for a game that I don't know that you weren't at. So mm-hmm. um, there's other decisions, obviously, that go into that. But uh, I mean, the multiple hats we got to wear as administrators. I, I don't think we we say it all the time. Nobody else on our campus understands all that goes into what we do. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a great point. I think everybody needs to remember y'all. I, y'all might have been the first people I heard to say it say it that way, and I, I love hearing that because it, you're exactly right. If that that makes it that 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 gives us true perspective on what we do. Well, I I want to say this, Josh. I want to say thank you for jumping on here with us. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, and I, I, I want to put. <laughs> Let's see what you did there, Dustin. All the time. <laughs> That was good. Yeah, that was good. He <laughs> saved right that to there. the end. He, yeah, he had that in his pocket. That was good. He did, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I got that scripted out here on the side. <laughs> I just want to say I want to push their their podcast because it's awesome. It's great professional development. Hanging with the AD, Josh and Don Baker do a phenomenal job. Interviews got great guests that provide great insight. 
um, very educational. They they are big big book nerds like myself, mm-hmm. so they always have some some books that they would encourage you to read, or their research is second to none. When you get on there, if you're guests to hang on the AD, they know they're sure ready. On what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so Josh, I want to <laughs> say thank you for taking your time to to hang out with a, a paradox here and and be on our podcast and and join with a fellow podcaster has been a true treat on, on our end. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. This, this was fun. I appreciated it. You know, it's a tough job. I think everybody on your podcast, on our podcast will say it's a tough job, but it's not impossible. And the fun thing is about having a podcast and very, we, we very much appreciate y'all pushing ours, but listen to yours as well. It's a tough job, but there's a lot of people out there doing it and doing it really well that we can learn from and make it easier. So uh, we, you know, we appreciate learning from everybody. So thanks for having me on Paradox. This has been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. And also thank you to Take a Spigot, who makes all of our episodes possible. And we will be back next week with another episode. 